This is the Cast. Okay, I actually didn't even realize this. Um, so the standings right now are Toronto, obviously in first with 36 points, right? 17, four and two record. Uh, Winnipeg second with a 14, seven and one record. <laughs> they only have three less regulation or, or uh, wins than Toronto. They're tied with Edmonton. Wow. <laughs> that makes no sense to me at all. They're, and they're somehow like. And it's the second oh, highest goal Edmonton. differential, too. Yeah, holy. I mean, Winnipeg's <laughs> just chugging along. Like, they're not, they have not, like, they haven't blown anybody away, and they're also not great. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I feel like they're the team that has slowly slipped under the radar as being. Yes bad and boring enough that you just kind of assume they're always shit but they're actually winning games like like in good fashion whereas like you have ottawa who's you know really doing their hardest to kick butt and take names but they're still shit and they still lose ottawa's expected to suck so Mm -hmm. when they win it's like a big deal whereas winnipeg is kind of just expected to be meh so if they win or lose it's not really gonna move the needle for anybody yeah i think that makes sense and also this year i don't think connor hellebuck has been necessarily as like uh highlight reel Mm -hmm. like he hasn't had any like highlight reel performances this year so i think that's kind of playing into it too because when he's at his best people are pay attention because he's such a good goalie yeah. Uh, I mean, he's no Laurent Bossois or anything, but he's, you know, he's all right. He's a pretty good goal. He's decent. Well, speaking of not... Laurent Brossois, Brossois. Uh, the Canucks kind of broke the curse, sort of. They Kind of. They did it. Kind of. Like, like <laughs> asterisk. Oh, they beat the curse, but they didn't beat the curse, if you know what I mean. Like, we're coming off of the... Uh, four two loss what was it a five two loss okay let's uh let's let's recap here cody is very 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 just i'm obviously very in tune with the results of this yes this this uh this this these last couple games have been you know a little too thrilling for cody's liking uh from what i've heard he has been over it's been (sighs) overstimulating how exciting and great the hockey was in the last couple games but uh, uh, hey, they won a game. They won a game, and then kind of didn't get shut out by Braden Holt. By not Braden Holtby, Laurent Bossois. <laughs> that definitely didn't happen. That definitely Braden Holtby did not come out with a shutout. Oh my god. Oh poor, poor, uh, poor Braden. But yeah, they break the the Laurent Brossois curse, which is honestly one of the most embarrassing curses. Uh, one of the lesser known but more embarrassing curses of the Canucks uh, organization is that <laughs> they couldn't beat him in via the shutout and they finally got one goal or two goals by past him and you know hey it took three years <laughs> to, to, to accomplish that but they did it oh so, you know you got to give you a little back pad on there i guess we're back to moral victory season after a pretty decent uh victory over a connor hellebuck led uh winnipeg jets team on monday um and now we're back to moral victory season less than 24 hours later when the Canucks have another very sleepy third period and just see the wheels fall off once again. I feel like that should have been the name for this podcast. It's just like the wheels falling off. 
I, I, I hate that you've turned this into like the all aboard the like depression train or something. This is like, my this element. whole show. This whole show is just like the let's let's uh this show is cursed. Let's talk about how sad it is. No, it's we true. T- it is not our fault. It is not our fault. This team. This is, can is this bad. Time, this game. This last game tonight definitely wasn't our fault because we were trying to manifest good vibes. Um, you know, I listened to your show uh, that I wasn't on because of uh, prior AHL obligations, but I thought it was really good. You're really positive, you. and I think that's what we really needed. And it resulted in a Monday win. And unfortunately, instead of riding the hot hand of Thatcher Demko, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit, uh, the mm-hmm. team went to Braden Holtby, who hasn't really done well this season at all. And... Uh, Man, some of the goals spoke for themselves. He just looked. I don't like to use the word, but I'm going to have to. He looks a little washed up. And tonight was not good, which really sucks because Braden Hopi is like a really cool dude. He's like ultra progressive by like hockey player standards. He's got his turtles. Like, unfortunately, like he plays Band a favorite. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's yeah. not. It's really unfortunate because I was really hoping for him to have like kind of a bounce back. I think a lot of people were. Yeah, I was. I really like Holtby is one of those guys that you want to see succeed. He yeah. is absolutely a player that even if he's not on your team, he's the kind of a he's the kind of player and the per, and personality who you want to see have success. And yeah. that's why it was so exciting a couple years ago when after all those tough runs in the playoffs uh, for the for the Capitals when they finally got over the edge and won the Stanley Cup. It was yeah. such a big deal for everybody, not just because of Ovechkin or Backstrom or um, Kuznetsov. It was and Braden Holtby was a big was a big reason people were cheering for the Capitals. Yeah. And this season he looks very he's it's I don't want to say he looks old because frankly that's not really true. Like he's only a year <laughs> younger than Jacob Markstrom. I, if I remember yeah, correctly, he's only a year older than me, so I can't. I don't want to call him old because. <laughs> wow! Oh, so you're bending you're bending the description to your to your liking yes. here. I say yes. Okay. Well, I it's it, it really it really does come down to um and we can I guess we can get into this right now, um his transition game and the way he moves cross crease. Uh, I talked about it at the beginning of the year. I remember very particularly we mentioned right off the top of the show when we started that early on Holtby looks a little bit slow reacting to those passes across the net and those passes and those rebounds that pop out for a second chance on the other side of the net. And in this game today, that really victimized him. He really got lit up on shots where if there was a second chance and it was moving across like on the Kyle Connor goal, he really didn't, he did not react in time to get back for that shot. And if he, and even when he got his body in front of it, he was so, it was, um, it wasn't clean. And so he ended up leave exposing a lot of room. I believe the puck beat him through the five hole, which it shouldn't be doing if you're getting across and making that quick, that, uh, that transition a little bit more smoothly. Yeah. And there was like the points where he's just kind of back on, where he's back, like he's fallen over. Or he's like he's on his he's lying down in the net he and the the puck's kind of like going uh, zigzagging across behind the net and everything and by the time he's able to actually get back up it's in the back of the net and one of the things I mentioned tonight about his about this whole the weird thing about this all of this is that like 
it's it doesn't seem to be a goalie coaching issue and i'm not saying that no. because i'm like you know i you know i'm i'm a big booster for ian clark or anything but because the if you look at what that's happened for thatcher demko in this year and everything that's gone right for him a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's gotten so much faster and so much more um he's gotten so much more agile at re reacting to those second and third chances or those cross cr cross ice passes mm -hmm. whereas whereas with holtby it's not that's obviously not the case and it does make me wonder more or less like maybe like i don't want to say he's injured or something but maybe he's just he he just looks stiff like he look his his legs look stiff and he looks like he's yeah. playing at a speed that he is not that he he's playing he's trying to play a game at a speed that he's just not able to go at right now and i don't think that's necessarily a permanent issue i do uh, but i do think it's something that needs to be fixed like i think there's there might be i don't know i don't i can't diagnose or anything it just looks like he's playing a little bit stiff and i don't yeah. know how to kind of i guess lim how he how he limbers up a little bit i don't know if that's <laughs> like a weight training if that's an in the gym thing or if that's a you know like a specific working uh drill a, dr a drill on the ice sort of thing but that's kind of the vibe i'm getting from him right now is that he's just like his just his legs are just not able are just not doing like doing the things that he needs them to be able to do right now yeah well he's a consummate professional like they the canucks pr staff for whatever reason in these games where like yes you need him to make a save but like at the end of the day like how much is a press person gonna get out of holtby like any information about his game or his play or like the mistakes or whatever like they're not gonna get anything so he gets up there and like the first thing he says is like yeah like two of those goals like i need i need to be so much better at stopping them because that's all you can really say and i don't know i feel like maybe just the mistakes that the canucks defense and forward groups make are happening at such a rapid pace that his elderly body can't keep up like you said like he just his you know cross his cross crease movement like isn't fast enough to react to like the kinds of giveaways that they're having like that one goal with stastny or whatever where two defensemen are flying to his left side and then they stumble over each other stumble into him and then the puck goes out to his right side he has to react and then stastny is just left alone by the forward group at the crease in the slot for an easy one-timer tap in like there's no chance for him to even react to that because he's already reacting to three prior errors and <laughs> by his other fellow elderly seniors in his defensive group. Yeah. The um, blue line. Yeah. The blue line definitely isn't helping matters at all. Um, and, and you can, but you can also just tell with that, with Holtby that uh, his, there is a little bit of a confidence thing as well, I think, in there as well. Like, um, yeah. I there were a couple times where he ended up like on his butt on uh like pat like after like plays or whatever like mm -hmm. scrambling, mm -hmm. and that's like a sign, and that's a goalie off balance. Like that's a big that's a uh, a big red flag for I think for a, if you talk to like a lot of goalie experts, they'll tell you that's a big red flag because if you're playing uh your stance correctly you should be, your body should be facing forward. Like, it should be a little bit over your pads. And if anything, if you're going to, like, tip over one way, it should always be toward, in front. But if you're falling backwards, that's a bit of, that's a problem. And it means you're playing a bit too much back on your heels. And it mm -hmm. means you're, and it's putting you off balance and makes it tougher to make uh, those, to make those little, to make those minor adjustments in, in mid-play. 
And hey, maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the solve right there. It maybe. really is. It really is just a. It's a game of. It's a game of inches, especially for the goaltenders and the way that they adjust their positioning and everything. And I think with, uh, with Holtby, that's that is a bit of a sign that there might that they there definitely needs to be some work done. Yeah. Um, well, then that kind of gets into our first little segment here. Is like who do we give the infinity blocker for the last two games? We had, you know, a pretty, I don't want to call it impressive because, you know, a lot of the bounces went the Canucks way in that first game and they all happened in the first period. And the last two periods of that Monday game, you could kind of tell like they were on their heels quite a bit and it was just like, a, let's not get scored on. Uh, if we score, great, but otherwise let's just try to uh, keep the puck in their zone, not in ours. Um, and then today's game you had some kind of, you know, positive points, positive signs. So who would you pick for your infinity blocker between I the mean, two or one for each? It doesn't really matter. I mean, there is only, there's only one guy. There's only, there's no contest here uh, at who the infinity blocker goes to for me this week. And that is the man Jake who got Bannon. the, yeah, not the, <laughs> this is not the, uh, <laughs> oh, poor Jake. Um, this is not the, this, this guy, he's, uh, he's gone from a, from a boy and become a man in the last, uh, couple days here. He, uh, getting his first NHL shutout, Thatcher Demko, yeah. my boy, he, I'm, I am so, I mean, I'm so proud. I'm always proud of the goalies when they do well. It's, but he had a statement game. Like that was a yeah. statement game where he very much made the this is my crease play that was mm. that was what it was he played extremely well that game could have been much closer had it not been for him and his and his great play in that game and you know yeah you can credit and i, I mean i will say that i do think that there could have there are a couple other guys who you could realistically give it to if you can even like in the combined last couple games i think there were some pretty good individual performances uh overall but I think it's clear that uh, Demko's game on Monday was just so good and such an important step for him and the team. I think that I don't think there's any other player on the ice you could give it to. Yeah, that's fair. Um, my pick for the first game, obviously, would be Demko. Like, that game, like, I was just trying to, I, I didn't look up the hockey reference stats for it, but, like, I was trying to rem remember, okay, when how long did it take into last season for markstrom or demko or obviously not demko but for markstrom to get a shutout like um i feel like I his think, first one came like at like the end of the season if that Dem it took a while well that was so that was demko's first shutout ever so that was first yeah. demko, that was demko's first shutout ever obviously against winnipeg but with markstrom i know he had a few he had one against chicago he had one against carolina uh um there were both of which were i think like record save nights i think right like, it was it was a record stretch where they gave up for each markstrom start it was like over 40 shots on net or something and one one of those two is when he got his first shutout and it was like some kind of yeah that was the one thing and yeah, that something like that it was pretty nuts that was the one nothing game against carolina that was the game right. it went, to, it went right. to ot it went to ot literally the only thing that held them in they're like took canucks were totally back on their heels Mark was <laughs> yeah. amazing and then Pedersen had like a ridiculous winner on peter morazic in overtime 
Yeah. Uh, and then the Chicago game, yeah, that was like uh, two nothing, which I gave him. I gave I gave him an award for that, I believe, on uh, LockerBigs okay. I gave him like the the Cody Hodgson award, I think that I think <laughs> it was uh, yeah. for best single game performance. I think that was. Uh, I think that's. Uh, I think that was the award I handed out last year, and that was. Uh, and that was Sadin night, I think too. That was the Sadin oh, Jersey retirement night, I do believe. I Wait, at- you were at that game. Yeah. <laughs> Because that was I, Chicago. That I was mean, Chicago. You were at the game where he got a shutout and you forgot. <laughs> I I may have had like six gear six gears. Six beer. I, I got to the sixth gear by the time I had my sixth beer by the end of the first period. So that was a tough one. Um but yeah, like I was just kind of thinking, like, for Demko, like the getting a shutout like with this bad of a decor in front of him and like the way that the team is playing, just how awful they've been and how porous defensively they've been. The fact that he's getting a shutout like relatively this early into a season, it's not early, it's like a quarter in. But like last year, given like how relatively better they were and how like relatively much better Markstrom was playing, it's pretty nuts that they got a shutout at all this season. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it is. Like, That's totally good for him. That. He, uh, yeah, he's a difference maker. And man, they needed they needed some points badly. And if they can get it off of him being a wall, they'll take it. And it just goes back to again, like man, they should have they should have gone back to the well and had him again tonight. Okay. Yeah, I I I disagree. I do not think you they should have gone back to him. Okay. Like, I'm I, out. I know there's the whole. Okay, uh, look, I know there's the whole thing, like, that I I think Don LeCision wrote something about, like, oh, the, there's a myth about starting goalies on back-to-backs and why you shouldn't do that, it's a myth or whatever, but okay, no. even if there was, let's, let's say, let's say, for example, that it was totally fine to play them on, on, uh, to play goalies on back-to-backs, wouldn't you rather have him play the next two against Toronto instead? Like, would you rather have him fresh and ready to go for those games and then the next two mm-hmm. against Montreal rather than waste it on a back to waste a, another like extra day of energy on a second game against Winnipeg. I would I, look at it as the way the season's going, like mathematically, like they need to put on some kind of 15 and 0 run basically to even like secure fourth place or second, third place and getting into the playoffs. So they need to guarantee their points against teams like Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, because, and I guess now Montreal, given like the kind of weird state and flux that they're in right now, but yeah, we can talk about that. Cause you weren't here on the, on the last episode. I when missed that, that one, happened. Yeah. You draw, you were not here. So yeah. we could talk about that later. So my whole theory would be if you can, if you have to tire your goalie by playing a back to backs against a team that you arguably should be getting four out of four points in, I think you take that bet over getting a great, like a Monday Demko performance against Toronto and still losing three, nothing because your forward groups and defense groups are still not good enough, no matter what to beat them. But okay. uh, But I mean, also at the, but at the same time, like this team's not going very far, very fast anyway. So (laughs) what, so why, so why waste like it comes down like, okay. I think a really good example of this is like, you know, you look at some goaltending situations where teams have ran a goalie into the ground and played them an insane amount of games over like time. Calgary. Like Calgary. <laughs> and and Edmonton is an example. Edmonton and Cam Talbot is a is an example yes. I bring up all the time because yeah. I really believe that Cam Talbot 
was much better is much better than people think he is but but they played the, him 67 games or 70 they, whatever yeah. it was it was disgusting they played him in a on a nuts amount of games and then and then all the playoff games as well asterisk that being the big asterisk in this particular uh comparison but then came back the next season was completely gassed like yeah. going into the year they broke so, him they broke him exactly they broke cam talbot now this year is different because a you don't know necessarily when you're starting up next year when 21 21 22 season starting and if the canucks don't make the playoffs that definitely throws a little bit of a wrench in there yeah but i don't want to waste a bunch i don't want to waste time thinking okay let's just run this demco guy for as long as we can uh in this season that is very quickly becoming less and less um um important in terms of like your future success like it's very clearly becoming a bit of a wash of a year so why waste him on i guess garbage time efforts like yeah just keep him fre keep playing him the way that you are keep the goaltenders rotating at least kind of like i guess now you i now you do you should look away from the 50 50 split a bit more and go towards something more like a 65 45 or 70 or even close to like 75 25 if yeah. you really want to go in if you really want to go in that direction um you, you because demko is clearly the better the better goalie and i would have put that i would have made that i would have said that at the beginning of the season too i think he was yeah. the 1a but you don't there's no sense in absolutely like running this guy for this crazy amount of games this year if you don't have to because yeah you're gonna want him you're gonna want him when the games matter and you don't want to run him into the ground before you get to that point it yeah it also it it basically boils down to as well as what is the management or coaching's philosophy right now and obviously there's a huge disconnect because the management group here is kind of you know there's all the rumors right now that they're you know, basically on their last legs, ownership's ready to jump ship and make a new decision, but they want to wait until the off season to see how things go. And you have a lame duck coach who doesn't have a new contract. So he's trying to win at all costs and prove that he's like an NHL caliber coach. So you have all this kind of disconnect. And so it's like, at one point, do you say, okay, fuck doing a 50, 50, let's do a 70, 30, because I'm Travis green. I want to try and win and prove I deserve my next contract with this team versus say, let's do 50, 50. And if we win, we, we win. If not, whatever, there's always next year. And my main guy going into next year, Demko won't be ridden into the ground like a cam Talbot. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a weird disconnect of what you kind of figure you're going to do for, uh, I, side. I mean, I do think they're going to go in that direction. Like, again, like going forward, I do think that's probably closer to what you're going to see, especially yeah. because, I mean, the Canucks have only one more back-to-back -back this month, and that's against Montreal, and that's not until the 20th, and that's not until, like, the 19th and 20th. So I don't see why you couldn't, why you couldn't necessarily, like, after this game, play Demko right through. Like, yeah. there's no reason you, you, you couldn't necessarily. Although, I mean, you got two games against Ottawa as well in there, which the Canucks yeah. have been good against. Like, they, yeah. like, Ottawa, say what you will in the way that they've beaten a couple other teams, yeah. the Canucks handled Ottawa pretty well the last time they played them. So maybe you just throw Holtby into those anyway and just give them, give them the, give them the games and maybe boost some confidence on his end and you could yeah, get some better maybe. results down the line. There is, there are good, 
there are good ways to handle the goaltending situation besides just giving Demko every single game. And I think right now, the way the Canucks are running the goalie situation, they've actually done a... It's been one of the few things that I would say have been a success this year is the way they is the way that they've managed the goaltenders in terms of in terms of like time on the ice and game management. Yeah, like the actual deployment side of the thing, like I mean, you won't find any arguments here. The only issue is that the the person they're doing the split with, Braden Holtby, hasn't hasn't well. a, a, pre, a previous form that he may have once had, which is unfortunate, but yeah. Cesc Levy, um, other players. Should we, talk, uh, should we talk about his other Caps teammate, Nate Schmidt? Because he was he's been he's been all right. Yeah, he finally had uh, the bounces going his way. He, uh, after uh, so many own after, goals, after all the own goal, I mean, it, it's kind of wild because like I think he's been one of the Canucks' better two way defenders, but he hasn't had the bounces going for him offensively, and he's had none of the bounces go for him defensively. But like. I've loved his effort every in both ends of the ice. I think he's really trying. He, uh, he, man, like, could a guy be more snake bitten in his debut season? Like, outside of like Louis Erickson's own goal in the, his <laughs> debut, like, man, Schmidt like blew that out of the water this year with like five own goals in like the first like twenty games. Like, it's insane. Five own goals, a couple blocks that would like hit yeah. him and go in the net. Like there's redirects everything. off of his ass and shit. Like just the worst luck. And then finally, these past two games, and even before that too, he's kind of like did, did like a bit of an arc up where he's like really kind of started getting the bounces his way, and he isn't getting you know a puck to the face that uh, deflects off the bar and then the back of the goalie's uh, left heel and then into the net. Or he isn't taking a shot and then his stick blows up and then he trips on his own stick. And it's, <laughs> you know, like it's going a bit better. And for a guy like Nate Schmidt, like a bit better is all he kind of really needed for him to, to get his groove back Stella style, you know? Yeah. He's, he, he's done. He's been a good, he's been a good part of this team. He's been one of the few parts that have, you know, like even when things haven't gone well for him, like you still notice him doing good things. Like yeah. you still see him doing th- good things and making good plays. The the fact that sometimes that the mistakes he makes have been a little bit have been a little bit nuts and chaotic and have wound up in the net have been unfor- have unfortunately given him a bit of a a bad rep to start off with here in Vancouver. And it's and it's good to see him finding uh, finding the bounces going in that opposite direction and getting some like good shots away and everything, especially yeah. because I think he is a good offensive contributor. Mm-hmm. And especially on this team, the way things have been going, he hasn't really... It's not even just that he hasn't been getting the bounces, it's that he hasn't really been given getting the opportunities because yeah, they need him to so be... so much time defend, defending, basically, than he is like producing basically yeah and that's partially just because this team isn't good enough to be letting him go free free reign yeah. in the in the offensive zone they need him because he's easily their most structured defensive defensive player they need yeah. him to basically s- stay back and uh make and hold the fork down when they've got him you know up with quinn hughes or with tyler myers or what have you, or Travis mm-hmm. Hamanek? I think tonight is was his uh, was his pairing. If I'm unless I'm mistaken, I, I think, think he was like Edler most. Edler, yeah. right? Edler as well. Edler as well in there, who is also just a bit of a wild card this year. 
Um, <laughs> Sch- Schmidt is a guy who does who on a better defensive team you would be noticing for more uh, you'd be noticing for more good things, especially in the offensive end of the ice. And just right now, this team is so top heavy that he's not able to have that. That he's not getting those chances. So when it does come for him, which it totally did against uh, against Connor Hellebuck on Monday, yeah, like good for like good. That's awesome. That's a great step in it. You know, it's good to see him smiling. I guess. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like so much of the talk like at the start of the season was like, you're gonna love Schmidt. He's got such a good energy. He's such a great locker room guy. He's all the positivity in the world, and it's just like. The Canucks like broke him. <laughs> yeah, I was legitimately like, like thinking at the beginning of the season, like like seeing all the Caps fans and like yeah. Knights fans talking about how how nice he how nice yeah. and like how what a what a fun guy he is. I'm just like, oh my yeah. god, they're gonna like they like before him. the season. They I was like, boy. I was like, somehow they're gonna break him, aren't they? Like like I was like not necessarily like I thought they were gonna be this bad or something. Yeah. I just thought I was just like knowing the Canucks something is going to happen and they're going to break this this really nice guy <laughs> like this really nice fun like fun chatty guy and then by the end of the year he's going to be like giving one word answers in all his interviews and yeah you just see him getting like more and more depressed and i'm just like no they broke the guy already it it, it took it took only like half a year and they did it i'm so but now it looks like he's it's going to be fine it's going to be fine he's good he, we're good we're good yeah, I, I'm not he's on the right track to being as uh, I believe his nickname in like Washington and Vegas, the real Schmitty. Yeah. So maybe unbreakable Nathan Schmidt. The, as I like if, to call him. if there was like any kind of like real, like, like marginal takeaway from like the last like few games, it was like, okay, Schmidt had some bounces go his way. Maybe he'll, that'll be his rallying confidence thing for him. Like, Hey, the bounces are going my way. I'm going to start shooting more from the point I'm going to be more active and, you know, trust myself and my instincts in the defensive zone or whatever. Maybe that's what comes out of it. They don't get the points, but little things, the Uh, little things. That's the, (laughs) where have I heard that before? I know. Uh, Like it's, it really sucks. Like in the last year of Pedersen and Hughes entry-level contracts, like the, the main takeaways, every game are like the little things and, like the moral victories, like that's all you can really take away in the, each game this season. Like that sucks. Yeah. That's all we have like right sh- now. This I should mean, be like the all-in year. Like if if last year wasn't the all-in year in like the second year of their deals when it was like this team is like really something. Like the fact that this is like a step back, like a regression, and, and a like big one and a huge one. Like the draft isn't even going to be that good this year by all accounts. So it's like yeah. You're tanking for like a marginal, like people are like there. There isn't even a guarantee like that the top first round of the draft is going to produce anything. Like that's terrible for a team like the Canucks, where it's like okay, the one year like where it's like really weird because of COVID, and the one time they might actually land a top three pick because they're actually terrible. Uh, <laughs> it's a year when all the players are a complete crapshoot to even like maybe turn into nhlers like that's a yeah it's i mean i mean i I, yeah it's just it's it's just a whole mess but you know this is this is this is what happens this is what happens when uh uh the foresight's not there and sometimes you get locked into a lot of contracts that (laughs) that you shouldn't nate schmitz is a great and nate schmitz is a great contract like he would be if you put him on a on a team that's 
you know, like, you put them on this team, like, and they still have the room for, like, guys like Stetcher and, uh, or just, or even, like, guys in free agency that you could bring in. Like, all of a sudden, hey, that's a good group. I, like, that's a I actually good didn't group. realize it, it was four years left on that deal. On the Schmidt deal? Yeah. It's not bad. It's not, it's a good, it's a good contract for the value. Like, in terms of, in terms of what you're getting for him. Like, yeah, for sure. That's what I, that's what I mean. Like, I didn't okay. realize it was like he was locked in for that long. I knew he had his, like, uh, his modified no trade clause and all that. And it was like a mm-hmm. pretty decent cap hit for what he brings. I didn't realize it was for five years. Yeah. And they that's got him deal. for, and they got him for a second round pick. Like, that's all it took because like, the Knights were in such, were in, just needed to move him. Like, that's, great like that's insane like and it's, it's it's always good when a good like a good player who's actually gonna like be useful to you falls into your lap because another team has a worse cap situation than you yeah we we <laughs> if, like if that deal doesn't happen like if they didn't get nate schmidt and the offseason was you lost all those players and your replacement was travis hamannick and that's it oh my god there's no way there's no that. way they would have survived or the management group would have survived like the first ten games. There's no way in hell. I mean, who knows? I mean, we'll, we'll and we will we'll get into that in a second because I mean there has been talk with management about what their their plans are or what their plans were at least at one point. Um, but as far as like the last couple of games have gone, I did want to as quickly as well like just shout out like Pedersen's looked very good. Uh, Pedersen and Besser have been clicking for. The last couple of games, I think they've looked like they've they're looking a lot, especially Petey. Like Besser's been good all year. Petey is looking a lot more like himself. He's looking a lot more confident, and he's looking a lot more skilled in in the other end of the ice. And he's the play the the pucks the pucks going in for him finally yeah. on a regular basis. Like they're the the it's good to see that level of of play coming back for him. And then as well, um, Hoglander finally getting a goal. It took him some time. Uh, he's another guy that's been points break there, but you know, props to him getting on the board. He's been working so hard, getting like black eyes and high sticks, and like, like he got high stick time. Like, like I'm like looking, I'm like, oh my god, that 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 face of his is gonna be mangled by the end of the year. Kind of like Nate Schmidt getting ruined emotionally. Uh, Niels Hoglander is gonna be like a disfigured mess by the time this season's over because he just battles so hard. What a like he's like uh, how can you not love this guy like he's so oh, fu- he's so fun he is just working hard every single night like it, I think it was, was it the Roxy Fever account that that was like that's like who's your favorite Canuck and why is it why is it Nils Oglander yeah <laughs> like I mean yeah I can't deny it. right now he's my favorite guy on the ice every single night I love the guy it's it's like kind of wild because you just kind of know at some point in this Canucks hit like tenure in history like you know a guy like Niels Hoglander might be someone they have to lose because they can't afford him because of the deals they're gonna have to spend on Pedersen and Hughes and I'm just picturing all those like creeps and weirdos on Twitter who are like the second he gets moved on from and traded for some how dare you bum hold on so after they trade him darkness in the to the world you this is what this is my job okay so I'm waiting for those same people to come out and be like, I was never a Hoglander fan. He was always too small. Kind of like all those freaks that the second the team walked on or walked away from Troy Stetcher, they all put out their things being like, 
Stetcher's a seventh defenseman on a good team. He's always been shit. He's too small. He never works hard. Like, fuck you. <laughs> Stetcher would be the second best fucking defenseman. Or sorry, third best defenseman on this fucking team because they're all fucking slow and garbage and don't work hard enough because they're ancient. Like, Ooh. honestly, do you think he's worse than Tyler Myers, Travis Hamanick, or Jordy Ben? No. Oh Lord, no. He's he's a sec- he's on at least on the second pair. It would now. be it would be Hughes, uh, Schmidt, and then Edler Stetcher in like a tie for third, and or basically whoever looks better between the two of them, and it'll yeah. probably be Stetcher most of the time because Edler's taking a step back. He's been fine, but man, he looks so slow at times. Yeah, I I I. I... I really hate that you put that evil out into the into the world. I really do. I'm, well, this uh, is and- this is a reality. Like you can't like get affixed to uh, like a group of players as if they're gonna be around forever. Like that's just not the way the NHL works anymore. But he's not. But but he's only been here one year. Not even one year. He's been here half that. a season. He's gonna Unless, be here for at least for at least a few. Like he's not. <laughs> I just look at it gonna- like. Look at the look at the Maple Leafs of like when they still kind of had Babcock and it was like they signed, uh, I think it was Kapanen and Andreas Janssen to like three year one point two five million dollar a year uh, contracts and everyone was like this is the core that's going to take this team to the Cup final, and all those contracts were were just like basically food to acquire other pieces or use in other deals to acquire other pieces that would better serve their cup run team. And that's kind of the fear I have with like a management group like this is that they haven't been able to sign anyone to good deals except for the young kids. So the only people they would have to move down the line, if it was this management group or the next one, if they needed to say, rejig the core because they can't afford anyone else moving forward they can't afford pod colson because petterson and hughes combined for 22 million dollars uh you know who's probably going to be the best chip to get rid of a bunch of dead weight it's going to be hoglander on a two-year million dollar contract you know what i mean like it sucks Uh. to say but that's just like the way like like just how bungled the cap has been the last six years that that's just like kind of what's going to happen I hope not. I hope the next GM that can come in can just like wipe the slate clean with a bunch of aggressive moves. But as you and I know, <laughs> things never work out so well for the Canucks when yeah, it comes I, to being proactive or making moves that make sense and set the yeah. team up for long term. Yeah, I mean, I think this weekend was a really good uh, uh, indicator of that. I mean, the whole Jake Vertanen saga. Uh, we. I'm, <laughs> I mean, we I should leave the room whenever we. I was gonna say I should leave the room whenever we talk about Jake Vertanen because I always okay. go on these giant tangents. Okay. Now we're not gonna talk necessarily. We won't about talk his about his play, play because right now we're talking about the fact that they whatever. did try to trade him. They didn't try to trade him. They tried, but uh, uh and you know, to Anaheim, I believe the return is was uh believed to be Danton Heinen. Yeah. Uh, and the talks uh, apparently did not materialize, or at least are dead for now. Uh, because ownership, uh, Canucks ownership, was not willing to retain eight hundred thousand on uh, Jake Vertanen uh, on Vertanen's contract next season. And I here's the thing: I know a lot of people were like, like saying, "Okay, we're saying like, oh, this just proves how broke ownership is and and everything, right?" Like that was the big one, and like people were like getting mad at ownership for for not doing it. And 
Well, I do agree that this trade probably should go through. Like, it's a, it, it would have been a good deal for the Canucks in terms of you actually, yeah. not only do you get rid of, of, of Vertanen's contract, you're also getting Danton Heinen, who's actually, like, not bad. Like, he's actually a pretty decent uh, player in terms of, yeah. like, depth. Like, he, he would actually make, I would argue, he would be in a good addition for the team. It would make the team better. Mm -hmm. uh on just a pure uh hockey standpoint from a pure hockey standpoint right but i think the big the big thing is and uh i think it was uh jackson mcdonald who brought it up first was that you know man it is that this seems to be more or less ownership going to management and saying we're not giving you any any extra money to make any deals yeah. uh because we don't trust you with it we don't yeah. trust you to make this to make to make the correct decision here. And honestly, I don't see the I don't see anything wrong in that logic if that's true. Yeah. Like they don't should <laughs> if it's very much a if you're going to get yourself out of this mess, it's going to be with assets that you already have. You are not getting any anything extra to help you make a deal, which yeah. And if that's the, if that is, that's at least the language I'm seeing, and if that is what owner, the ownership stance on it, at, at the very least, I don't see them being incorrect in that line of thinking. Yeah, and like like you said, like you can't fault them too. If <laughs> it's not a good look if you're the boss and you're saying, "Oh, hey, boss, uh, three months ago I gave this guy a two year deal. Um, I need you to eat eight hundred or three hundred fifty thousand dollars more so I can to get rid of him away." Like, yep. that's an awful look. Like, even as the GM, I don't even know how you would approach that with your owner without yeah. looking like a complete idiot like, yeah hey remember that guy that we signed instead of <laughs> yeah. tyler to uh we unless, need to, we're gonna i need more money to get unless oh it was no like a man, unless it was an ownership directed thing that they needed to sign jake or something like that like, right right like we don't know we're not we like that kind of stuff would never come out unless like someone bugged the offices of Francesco Aquilini, but it'll never happen. We'll never know like what the kind of directives were when it comes to Jake for Tannen. But I mean, it's a really bad look when he has like a deal. That's pretty like you can buy it out and it's like a really cheap cap hit. And the fact that they can't do it because the owner doesn't want to eat less than like a million dollars in cash back. Ooh. Yeah. And, and on but at the same time, like on the other hand, right? Um, obviously, this manage obviously ownership does not have trust in management, despite what the Twitter thread said. Um, mm -hmm. And again, it comes back to this whole question of why have you not why 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 are you letting this drag out? Like yeah. if you have because again, this very much seems like a trade of let's say you literally take out Jim Benning in that ownership group or that management group. Sorry, yeah, and you've flip in a new guy like anybody like say i don't know like like chris gear for example right who's you just promote within or something like you that. promote within go or you put him on the interim tag until you find somebody else that you somebody a more a candidate you like more yeah and and they come to you with that same offer i think that uh like like and it seems like that would be a trade that would go through if yeah. it was somebody else at the helm which begs the question again why wouldn't you just cut the cord why wouldn't you, why if you're going to hamstring them this much yeah from making any sort of changes which the team does need frankly yeah um under the right people 
why not just why not just uh why not just cut cut your losses now give yeah. the reins over to a guy for the interim and then and then figure out and then when you decide you're ready to figure out your your chain figure out who you're going to bring in to hire you can ha- you can still make some decent moves in that time you can it still leaves you enough time especially right now where if you did make a, ro- a change and give someone else the interim tag they would have enough time to prepare for the trade deadline and say okay your whole goal here is preparing to move some assets and working to make some smart uh decisions by the trade deadline and i get yeah. that maybe because you don't have a president right now if you well because if you let go of benning that's your gm and your president out the door right now right. i believe um that that maybe that there there's a kind of a concern there um but I don't know why. I don't know why if they're going to make this so difficult to make any yeah. sort of changes why you why you're dragging this out as long as it goes. It's a it is it's very bizarre. Like I get that obviously like COVID-19 and its impact on like people's finances like that's going to be like a big factor here. Granted, like the Aquilinis are spread out between uh, property development and winemaking and uh, last time I checked people were boozing quite heavily during COVID so I don't know how you could be hurting that badly that um, is the thing I've wondered about that like just in the sense of like I don't like are like their business like I don't know much obviously we don't know much about like their businesses yeah. or anything but I would assume they were doing like fine just because like I mean apart like people in a pandemic still need housing so it's not like that's necessarily off the table i don't I, I wouldn't say that's necessarily you're losing money that much money anyway but you don't know but we don't know we don't know what's going on there yeah but it's like it's very bizarre to even even like covid aside like that asterisk aside it is very bizarre to suddenly put your pride in your hands and be like no like the buck stops here we just had the most uh unprecedented success since we hired you jim but now we're gonna we're gonna tie up the purse strings and you're gonna have to make do with the mess you made it's like yeah it you're gonna create like you would surely have to realize as the ownership group like you need to be able to spend to get out of messes when you create them even if like you were all in the previous year on uh, Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel, like you as ownership still signed off on the deals and said, yeah, go for it. So it's not just like the GM fucking around with the money. Like you approved of the deals. So why after your, your unprecedented success, are you suddenly trying to like take the high ground and be like, Oh, well, after this run against like, what was, what was the quote earlier this year? Like, they're going to determine the next five games, whether or not like Jim's their guy moving forward. That was the, that was the rumor anyway. It was like, right. I mean, it was definitely more than rumor because literally three days later, then he came out with like a giant tweet storm. Like the, after doom, no wins. (laughs) Hashtag fake news, like a complete, complete clown yeah uh so it's like i don't know it's it's very mixed messaging and it's just like it reeks of like pr type type shit like it's not none of the moves actually benefit the team or like their like the organization it's purely just francesco aquilini being like well look i I cut the purse strings because i was tired of the way the money was being spent and uh but that's not on me like you know what i mean i have their backs i back the decisions but at the same time uh don't spend any of my money and don't make my team better uh but you yeah. better make it better like, right which and is na- 
And now what's worse is now you have a situation where basically Jake Vertanen knows he basically could have gotten traded. Like he would have, <laughs> yeah. if, 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 if they were that close. If liter- like if they literally had, literally he knows right now, I was $800,000 away from getting traded. Like, yeah. and what do you do now? Now you have a player who knows they were about to get traded and I, he granted he, they were clearly showcasing him a little bit in this game. He was playing on the first they line, I think at one point. A little bit, yeah. Like, yeah. He knows that I, his back's against it. Like he needs to basically keep, like play his way back into maybe not being traded or and he's I, I mean, got to be not happy right now. Like him and and his agent are probably not super happy right now. And yeah. you're and now you're looking at a case where all the other teams in the league also know that you are desperate to get rid of a guy for out any without any retained salary to avoid any extra headache. Which means you are now in an even worse possible negotiations negotiating yeah. <laughs> stance than you were even a week ago. So. Yeah. Oops, and yeah, especially because yeah, and I'm sad because I did like Danton Heinen in terms of like a player. Like he's oh, like again, he's not a world beater. Like he's not going to make the, the Canucks immediately better. No, like, but I or, think like, the Canucks bottom better. six, like like what they need is speed, and they need to basically phase out like the needs for Jay Beagles and Antoine Roussel and Brandon Sutters. And Danton Heinen's way younger. He's a proven scorer. He had like a better point, like points rate than Jake has in his entire career. So like, if you can get him in and he actually gels and molds to the bottom six and can be reliable. Whereas like Jake has only been reliable when paired with like the team's best players. I mean, you make that deal 10 times out of 10. And if you want guys who are, you know, good, who have good experience and are like, you know, they always talk about having guys who know who've been there, who've been there before. This is a guy who's been in the cup final. He's young, but he's been to a cup. So he went to a cup final. So he knows what it takes to get there. And he knows, and he knows his role and he knows his role on a good team. He like, he was a big part of the Bruins run to the cup final specifically because he, they could rely on him not to be, not only not be a negative in his own end of the ice when the, the Bergerons and Marchands and uh, Pasternak's of the world are not on the ice, but also uh, keep the scoring, keep the scoring flow even from guy from even those third and fourth lines. Like that was mm-hmm. a well balanced attack the Bruins had that yeah. year, and, and you lost to a bigger, heavier team just, that played more physical. It's very weird how that ended up. And it could have been a yeah, yeah. How about that, right? Well, my how the turntables <laughs> and yeah, like and frankly, it could have been. It was a coin it, up to it, up. That whole series was a coin flip. Like it very easily yeah. could have gone game seven. in Boston. It was a game seven. Like yeah. it very much could have gone again. It, the Bruins very easily could have won that game just as yeah. easily as the Blues as the Blues did end up winning. So yeah. that would have been a good pickup for them. Uh, yeah. if they could have gotten it. I I I do hope they can maybe work something out there um if yeah. possible or try and recoup that that uh that move at the end of the yeah. day but we we shall see we shall see where this goes yeah well i think that's probably enough of the jake for tannin talk which is i i i almost want we need a hot a soundboard where it's me saying that's enough of the jake for tannin talk and then yeah. we cue it up because every time we talk about jake it goes on for like a really long time because we're just like oh fucking jake it's because it really is Jake Vertanen is Jake Vertanen. The Jake Vertanen conversation is very much a, it's like a, tr- it's like a tree. It's like a, uh, it just has so many branches and it just splits off and into different, into different so, corners. It goes to management. It yeah. goes to roster. Other team, it goes to other roster teams. construction, cap yeah. management. And it, and it's all completely emblematic of just like this management group in general. Like, yeah. 
like they put all their their hopes and their apples in this cart that's Jake Vertanen instead of taking like the high skill upside guy Nick Ehlers who was available and <laughs> goes into there. Nick Ehlers that's a whole yeah. just like a whole sub branch over here yeah like that's its own branch and then there's like the other part of it like the Jared McCann pick in that same draft and the <laughs> David Pasternak right after like oh okay oh, just, a lot of to be fair a lot of teams missed out on pasta there the Canucks are not the only missed, or, sorry 22 other teams a lot of teams, just enough, a lot. <laughs> enough teams where it's like, okay, you can't really fault them. because Yeah. When you have two picks in the first round and you fuck up on both and the, your returns on one of them, uh, currently it is Will Lockwood and Tanner Pearson. That's that's all you got for it. That's pretty tough. Hey, uh, hey, but, yeah, Pearson might uh, come in handy later down the line. You never know. Oh man, like I was thinking about this, uh, I think on Monday's game when I was watching, I was like, man, when in our like first episodes that we were doing together, we were talking about the, like the, the, the pre infinity gauntlet, like who do you, did you think was the best player? And both times, I think you and I both said like the, the team's best forwards, even though they're playing like shit are Bo Horvat, Niels Hoglander and Tanner Pearson. They are easily the top three and flash forward to now, man. And I haven't seen anything out of Tanner Pearson lately. Yeah, it's been a he tries hard, but like, man, it is been a little snake bitten. For and sure. like, Another there's guy. there's there's times too where like like tonight and the game before, uh, Hoglander was moved down to a line with Godet and Sutter, and people were like, "Oh, how could you demote Hoglander?" I'm like, who cares? Like, Hoglander is a one man line machine. He doesn't need uh, Pearson or Horvat for success he creates the success himself. It doesn't matter what line he's technically on. He makes it better because of who he is. Um, the issue is you have Tanner Pearson on as a second line forward and he doesn't bring anything anymore. Yeah. I think he's, he's been completely invisible. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, frankly, that, that Horvat as well has been a little bit quiet for my life sure. over the last little bit. And hey, oh, we could we could spend some time on that. That might be something we should look at. We should like prep for the next episode. Like I, I didn't think to to put some anything in the in the in the the doc on this one for today. No, but yeah, I, I was Pearson, just thinking about this like right now. But like, man, because we could we'll, go we'll back and find those shifts. Patreon episode is just like how how rough has it really been? Yeah, we could break. We could do like we could maybe that's something we should look into for like the Patreon episodes in terms of like. We could do like some break, like some heavy breakdowns, literally with like let's break out the game tape and stuff. Like yeah. we could do that. That is the kind of stuff we could do. Yeah. Um, well, until then, we'll uh, just get into some NHL news then, because we could probably. I think we're gonna end up spiraling into the oh man, this, this is, is bad yeah. territory. So let's not do that. Let's yeah. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's instead just focus on some NHL news. Uh, we'll talk about some Utica comments too before we uh, sign out here. But some NHL stuff. I don't know if you watched this game but i saw that video of jordan bennington getting pulled and trying to pull a happy gilmore and assault everyone on the ice on his own oh try oh, and by trying you mean like pretending pretending to punch guys oh you're so like oh my god like i uh, the canucks the canucks really broke bro, the canucks break a lot of people they also broke jordan bennington which a Man. lot of people are fine with yeah, um, everyone's happy about that. It's uh, it's so funny. It like that game. First of all, I did watch. Uh, I watched the third period of that game after the whole 
Bennington fiasco. I'm like, oh yeah. my god, I gotta turn this game on. This looks fascinating. And then, wreck. sure enough, I ended up getting like another five goals out of it <laughs> in like in like half a period too. Yeah, it was nuts. Like it's that so game messy. was so fun. It was so fun. Uh, we talk about the Canadian division being full of uh, high scoring and no defense. Uh, hello, Blues and Sharks. That was hello, nothing. Hello, New defense just division or whatever oof, it's called. Disappeared. Yeah. Um, I, the the whole Bennington thing was just like I, I, now some. I guess I think Elliot Friedman was talking about on Thirty One Thoughts today um, about how oh he's done this kind of thing before, like yeah, the yeah. AHL in and stuff too. in junior or whatever. It's like okay. <laughs> Like maybe he has that doesn't make that doesn't actually make him a rile him up guy. I wouldn't be riled right. up watching my guy base watching my goalie who got lit up for four goals in yeah. like on like a very low amount of shots basically <laughs> throw a tantrum on the yeah. ice. Like oh that just makes me that makes me want to play for him less. <laughs> like like you you gotta cut that out. Like that's not you right. Really like do. if it anyone was who so said embarrassing and like that shit. Anyone who thinks that's riling your team up and like, oh, they won the, but they won the game. They won the game in spite of that. Yeah. Come that on. Was, that was the ultimate, like, dude, you're embarrassed. Like, that's like, you're like watching your parents dance or something like that yeah. level embarrassment. Like where you're just like, dude, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you got lit up and got kicked out and then you tried to pick a bunch of fights and we had to clean up your mess. Like, you're uh, yeah. embarrassed. <laughs> like, yeah. And like they, the, all the, the players were all like, oh, he inspired us to win don't you don't have guys you don't have no. to lie to us we know it's, we know you we know he didn't it's we know just binnington you don't have to defend him nobody yeah has, yeah no you don't want to especially because billy huso was fine afterwards and, yeah. and actually got the w in that game maybe give some credit to him instead yeah no kidding that game was uh a gigantic mess and i did i will say i thought it was like funny in a sad way how how many people were like Oh wait, Martin Jones isn't starting this game for the Sharks. It was not in that. I like Martin Jones and I really want him to be successful. Oh, he is he's been a it's been a rough go for that guy. And Devin Dubnik for that matter. Uh speaking rough, of rough contracts, but um Oh yeah. yeah it's that been tough. It's been it's been tough sailing for them. I will say they looked good in those uniforms the Sharks did in the 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 throwback jerseys. Yeah, their their reverse retro is like legit. So, Oh, so that's actually not the reverse retro. That's their, they have the gray version of that. They have a gray version, which is uh, their reverse retro. And then that's just their regular, like, uh, heritage jersey, like the Flying Skate was for the Canucks oh. last year. Because it's like their 30th anniversary. Um, so they've got, okay, well, they've then got all their two. They got, the same to me. Uh, I mean, they're all teal, black, and silver, so, and white. With a shark so. on the front. With a shark in a triangle <laughs> biting a hockey stick. So, yeah, they're all pretty yeah, close. They look pretty close. They're all pretty damn close. Um, yeah, the Sharks are uh, uh, the Sharks are a team that are not doing so well, but they're looking good whilst doing it. Um, and I will say, Sharks fans, on the, on a completely unrelated note, Sharks fans need to appreciate Eric Carlson more. Man, like he's like I get. That I mean, he's it's hard to of, appreciate him on, on that deal, man. I Holy mean, smokes. But okay, yeah, I get it. But also, they've been like that even before he signed it. Like they're they don't. They are so underappreciative of what Eric Carlson is. Like it's it's yeah. it's insanity. I've never seen anything like it. Like it, it's like I get that the cap hit is bad, but again, you can't blame the player for taking the money they're given. So like the fact that they're being law like they're being like, oh, he's the worst. Like they're like, legit. Like oh, he's our worst defenseman. Oh, he's a toxic in the locker room and everything. It's like 
I, I don't buy any of that for a second. And yeah. it's all um, you're saying. So it's like, it's like, like, I'm sorry. Do you not understand good hockey? Do you not understand <laughs> what a great defenseman he is? And literally everyone else would be, if it wasn't for the cap hit problem, literally every team would be like run, would be rolling over backwards to get him. Like, okay, sure. True. I sure. Okay. If you don't want him, lots of teams will take him. Sure. Yeah. Well, he just scored his first goal a couple games ago, so good for him. Um, other NHL news: <laughs> uh, Canadians uh, they beat the Senators tonight, and yeah. uh, like an hour later, fired their goaltending coach. Which I don't know. That's just really funny to me. I have nothing to add to this conversation, but it's just like I don't know. The timing of that was really, really funny because it was like Harry I... Price stopped twenty nine of thirty shots or something. Like, that's just really funny. Yeah. I, okay. I will say I, 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 I at least am glad that they're not doing the whole thing where they're like, oh, we're waiting for a loss to fire a guy that we've decided to get rid of already. Because right. I, hate when, I hate when teams do that. Um, But it is a little bit funny. But I mean, have you looked at Carey Price's stats this year? They are, uh, they're not good. They're, they're very much yeah. not good which is weird because he started the season relatively well he started pretty decently well a lot and... of people said like when the season like kind of started they were like expect a regression on like you know the sh like the habs shooting percentages their their save percentages like it's all going to regress quite a bit there's no way they're going to be this lucky and uh sure enough they went on that little kind of awkward run and they fired uh, all the coaching staff and hired or promoted the AHL crew to the uh, NHL. And uh, even after a win, they're still like, you know what, our goaltending as much as we love carry price, it can be better. So we're going to get rid of our uh, longtime goaltending coach and bring in Sean Burke to yeah. be the guy. Yeah. He has been there. Cause he's been there. Uh, goal he's been like their president of gold. Ten of like some uh goaltending or something like coaching or yeah. whatever like performance or something he's been in yeah. the system for them for a bit but i mean yeah like carry price right now uh he's played he's 12 games he has a record of five four of five four and three mm -hmm. save percentage of 888 that is really bad especially when you consider that jake allen in eight games uh has a has a uh where is it 929 yeah, he's like, been like he's been like Jake really Allen. For them. Yeah. Jake Allen has been Jake Allen, which is where yeah. he just will like sometimes he'll look like super like you're just like oh my god this guy's not an NHL goalie, and then yeah. all of a sudden he'll literally just flip into god mode like he yeah. does it all the time. It's really fun. Jake Allen's a very fun goalie. Yeah. Um, Carey, the problem though obviously is that even though you like even though as great as Jake Allen is. You kind of have no choice but to keep riding Carey Price be or keep giving Carey Price starts and hoping he gets back to uh, to form because he's on year three of an eight-year contract worth $10.5 million per season. You're not yeah. getting rid of him. You, you no can't one, make you can't Jake Allen your number one guy. You can't buy that You can't buy that out. You're probably not going to trade that. Not going to be able to trade that. So you need it to yeah. work with Carey Price as long as... And uh, right now... That kind of is at a detriment to the to the Habs and what they might be able to do if, say, they were able to maybe give Jake Allen a couple extra starts here and there. Yeah. Um, um, oh, but also, hey, Alex Burrows is an assistant coach now. That's pretty hey, we cool. got that. That's pretty neat. Uh, yeah, we'll good for him. Guy really starts exciting. in the ECHL. Um, we'll get into this in the comments talk a bit, but actually we won't because I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> 
St. Louis Blues prospect Dakota Joshua. Um, oh who yeah. Originally brought into I think Toronto's system on like uh, PT or ATOs and stuff like that. Uh, he started his career in the ECHL. Uh, works his way up to the AHL like part time, and then because of the 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 number of players that aren't available to the team uh he gets like a couple good games going for the comets gets a call up to the nhl and scores a goal in his first game like for like it's just like the burroughs thing oh yeah love to see it like dudes work dudes rock dudes dudes work hard and it pays off and you see him get success like burroughs like do you think anyone in the canucks fandom in 2006 is like yeah this guy's gonna lo- be one of like the most revered players of all time and he's gonna end up being an nhl assistant coach like no one would everyone no. just be like he's just a ball player from echl he's not gonna be anything when you, know, you, know, you know something really cool i was at the game where alex burroughs scored his first nhl hat trick i was at that oh, game. Shit. that was oh, in yeah. i think that was would that that would have been his rookie season that was his rookie season uh it was against matthew garon and the la kings and that was a really that alex ald was in net for the canucks at that point that was still uh that was where they were it was just it was the year before they got luongo this was the this was like the first year after the lockout they missed the playoffs and everything the anson carter sedin year yeah yeah they were alex burroughs all like very quickly rose up the ranks to become like one of their most exciting players and it was so weird like now that he's yeah at that time he's like third line playing with Kessler I think at the time like it was him and Kessler Kessler's still wearing number uh number 20 at that time and they're like and they're like just little baby guys like going in and like getting a bunch of points on the third line and getting a hat trick like that was such a fun game and that's so cool to see him uh getting to where he is he who knows maybe he'll uh he'll end up finding his way back to Vancouver on uh in a coaching in a coaching uh someday I think I remember reading someone that had said uh, the Canucks did offer him like an assistant coach position, kind of like they did with Manny Malhotra, but he was like, I'd rather be in Montreal close to my family or something like that. And that's why he took the job with Laval. So yeah, maybe they try, but like, he's probably going to be like, I'm going to, uh, you know, get my uh, reps under me for the uh, Montreal Canadian. And I wouldn't blame him. Like, could you oh. imagine like he like, gets his first year as an assistant coach and he takes that team to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> like the legend of that guy would just keep growing, man. You, there, there, you need a second spot for him. Like he could end up being a ring of honor player in two different teams. <laughs> Does the, I don't do the Canadians have a ring of honor. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, they, they I have don't like know. so many retired jerseys. Like I, they probably don't even have space yeah, in their Raptors right, anymore. Like they're putting them. Oh, we're going to put you right next to Scotty Bowman there. They're, yeah. uh, they're, they're Alex right there. Yeah. Right we're going to put you right next to Guy Lafleur. not his Jersey, but, coach. but just this little thing in the corner. And who, it's else be a who else has been a big coach for the Habs? Toe Blake. It's just, it's Toe Blake. <laughs> it's Scotty Bowman. It's uh Jacques Lemaire. It's Alex Burroughs, assistant yeah. coach. <laughs> they just skip over Dominic yeah, Ducharme skip to give him. Nobody cares. It's more important <laughs> that the e- ECHL guy rose to be an NHL assistant. And, and and it's like him. It's like you know what? It'll be like if it was when they do like a picture of him. It's gonna be him like doing like the bow and arrow, <laughs> but instead he's holding a clipboard, a clipboard. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, and a, a pen, pen, a pen and a clipboard. <laughs> 
Dude, yeah. Uh, yes. Georgia Twist, can you please draw that for us? Habs, hire us for your marketing. You you yeah. could use us. That is that's 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 a million dollar move right there. There you go. There's some. Yes, Georgia, there. if you're watching, absolutely, we want a shirt of that. Yeah. I'll I'll We're try and reach out to. That. I will absolutely have to reach out to her and yeah. try and uh, try and get that done. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're running long a bit, so we'll just kind of um, lace through some of the other NHL things because one of the other. Important you ones... know what? Let's just skip to Comets Corner. Let's just go right there. Okay. None of this other stuff's that important. Uh, we can. You don't want to. You don't want to talk about uh, Jack Eichel uh, contradicting contra- contradicting his coach. Okay, you know what? We can touch on that. That is very interesting. Even like though we've really talked funny. about the Sabres a lot in the yeah. last few episodes. We're apparently a Buffalo Sabres podcast now. I mean, partners in misery. Cousins yes. in expansion yes. cousins in misery. We're yes. going to have, we'll have to have uh, Dwayne uh, uh, on the show. The guy with that crazy phone. He, that he follows, we follow each other on Twitter. So I think I probably yeah, could go. get him. I probably could get him. We'll try. Uh, yeah, oh no. <laughs> The Sabres are in a lot of a lot of trouble. I think I just saw a tweet. Uh, I think Greg Wyshynski, uh retweeted a a quote from the game tonight, uh, the Sabres game tonight against the Rangers. Um, I, like during their like um, like post game show, uh, where it's just that's just a dreadful hockey team. They should be embarrassed. (laughs) They're, yeah, they're in a lot of trouble. The Sabres are. And now you've got a coach who doesn't know when his best player is injured or if he does, or he's lying about it. Scratching him for effort levels. It's just like, oh my God. Oh, I didn't even think about him possibly just scratching him. That would be nuts. Cause that's the only thing I can think of is like the coach was like, I'm going to scratch uh, Eichel because I don't like his effort in pra- practices or games lately or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and so I, he just says he's injured. But like, but then, but he isn't, but he is injured. He was hurt. It just was, he was he's back it was tonight, just, so I don't like, know. it was just earlier than the guy said it was like, I mean, Makes no sense. oh my God, if they're bench, I didn't even think about the possibility that he might be benching Eichel. Um, I mean, they've already got $9 million sitting in the box. What's nine more? (laughs) Who cares? Just rack it up. Who cares? Oh my God. Oh my, this, this, like, what do you do if you're Buffalo? Like at this point, it's such a hope the bills are good (laughs) because like, I mean, we talk, we talk at, at, at like forever, obviously about the Canucks struggles, the Canuck, the one thing the Canucks can say they have going for them more or less is that it's not a completely lost like environment like it's not a yeah. toxic environment yet There's, like they've got for they all got that to a we joke about year. for all for all the jokes that we have about like this being like moral victory season and whatever there's moral victories to be had like legitimately yes. yeah um for Buffalo the Sabres, Sabres have none they haven't had any playoff success since 2008 or whatever it was um <laughs> like the Canucks made a playoff made one making one playoff appearance immediately just whoop right over yes. the sabers launch them right yeah. over buffalo and it's been a it's been a decade almost a decade and a bit of pure pain from buffalo fans and yeah. there isn't like any moral victory like what's the moral victory is like oh we sent like casey middlestad after we burned a year off his elc by keeping him in the nhl too early like we have him back again after a year in the ahl and he looks okay for now like yeah that's the moral victory uh yeah. victor olafson's pretty good as a seventh think, rounder that's the yeah. moral victory but like man even like, he's like older even he's like an older guy yeah, he's I like believe. 20 he's like 24 or 25 or whatever but like yeah there isn't much and 
there isn't you much what you got as a canucks fan That's yeah seri- seriously um like I, it, it's funny because i was literally thinking today like oh like the saber like you know who could really use us like a guy like nate schmidt is buffalo right now right but then I thought, but then when I you think about it, right? Like, obviously, Canucks are not getting... Like, this is not me saying, all oh, the Canucks should trade Schmidt to Buffalo. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, That's had I'm there saying. been, like, a deal back when the Knights were making yeah. the Petrangelo signing, mm-hmm. uh, Buffalo would have been a team that really could have got... That really should have tried to go in on that. Yeah, that would have been should've. a trade... That would have been a, a deal that they should have absolutely tried to make happen. If they, I don't know whether or not they did. But then the more I think about it, the thing, I think about the fact of, if they get Schmidt... He just turns bad like everything else there. Like every single player that seems to have some sort of like uh, good upside and seems to be like a good pick immediately turns into a pumpkin the second they go to Buffalo. Like brand, uh, like it's Brandon Montour. Um, who's the other guy on the on the, the? There's another defenseman they picked up from Vegas, also from Vegas. Uh, Colin it's, Miller. Colin Miller. He yeah. was pretty and good. Then he, and then goes. To he Buffalo was good, and just, then he went there, and his stats right off a cliff. completely tagged, and all of his underlying metrics went to hell. So, that's, the Buffalo, that's the Buffalo way, man. So many players that happens yeah. to like they'll like Taylor Hall, big one, big one right there is Taylor Hall, guy who signs the one year. Let's see what happens. Yeah, bet on himself. Um, it didn't really immediately, work. Immediately, immediately turns into a pumpkin. Like, what do you do? Like, what can you do? Because. It doesn't seem like it could. It seems like right now, frankly, you could like even if you somehow manage to swing to pull together like Connor a Connor McDavid out of nowhere, that it would just go wrong too yeah. somehow. Like Wouldn't somehow it would it would it would just be just as bad. That's that means, what it that seems like. That place needs an ownership change, basically, and like a complete overhaul of just like uh, fundamental like the at the very the way yeah, they it just run needs a foundational it needs it a complete at the, shift in it, culture, top to yes. bottom. Yes, and I don't, I don't know how you fix that. Like, I don't even like. I think like there are ways to do that without. I think even without changing ownership per se, I think it comes down to. Who's Fortunately, in your... the ownership too of that group is like toxic as all fuck. They're very hands on. They're extremely hands on. Yeah, and on, and in a way, to the detriment of the Sabers, the Bills, who they're also very hands on with, because they they own the Buffalo Bills as well. Yeah. They have done very well, which in a way, like, they're one of the best teams in the NFL, I believe, right now. They made, like, a conference final or something. I don't know much about football. Yeah, but it was, like, for the first time in ages, I think. But that's, like, that is a big step forward. But if they use that as, like, a reason to to validate, like, why they should be more hands-on with their NHL team, that's, like, a big yikes. Because it's, like, ownership shouldn't be hands-on. But yeah. I will. But I wouldn't be surprised if that is the way they handle things. Like, okay, yeah. don't get me wrong. When you're paying as much money as the Pagulas are for an NHL franchise, yeah, you deserve to have some say here and there. Because hey, if you're gonna write billions of do- like pay billions of dollars for that, yeah, you kind of get you kind of deserve to have a little bit of a, a say in there. But once it starts affecting, once it starts affecting day to day operations every single day, that's a problem. You need to have you need to have a buffer. There needs yeah. to be a there needs to be a, a buffer o saber <laughs> in there in there somewhere. Wow, that was horrible. That's a good way to end the podcast right there. Don't even uh, get into the comments. Just uh, 
Because <laughs> oh, that no, oh my god, I can't end on that. And we have questions yeah, as well. We do, but um, we should flip. We should should we do comments corner? Do you want to do comments corner? Or should we uh, hold on? We'll save that. that we'll save that for another episode. I can we can record yeah. after tomorrow's game or something like that. And, uh, yeah, we can do that, or maybe we, put that in like we got the, a lot of questions the, uh, in after tonight's game, and some of them yes. are really funny. So we want to yeah. quickly do them. All right. Um, so first Go one from our favorite, who's uh, always in our inbox. First long-time uh, listener. Yeah, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, 789012any, why do we cheer for this team? <laughs> Short and sweet. Uh, you something, to first. something to do. Something to do. I mean, you know, I mean, it's quarantine. Uh, <laughs> what else are you going to be doing? Going outside? What are you, you going to be doing? Going to the bar? I don't think so. No, Man. I mean... Uh, I'm a I'm a sucker. I guess at the end of the day. Yeah. And at the end you of the know day, what? We're we're optimists. We're hopeful. We can watch a team succeed, and we're just I, waiting. I'm <laughs> admittedly a guy who loves the who loves the the rags to riches stories. Like I yes. would like right now, the teams that I enjoy the most are teams like the the Panthers, the Jackets, <laughs> the the Predators were definitely up there for a yeah. while. Like those teams that just couldn't ever seem to f- put it together and then yeah, every now and then they just do. kind of do it. Like I think like Florida's leading their damn division right now. Yeah, they were. Uh, in in spite of Sergey Borovsky. Yeah. Um and and yeah, I enjoy I kind of ha- I I enjoy the idea of I want to be there when that team wins that that first cup, right? Like I want to yeah. see that happen. Yeah. Uh Hey, what do you, and I mean, I'm born here, so it's kind of like, I kind of, geography definitely played, yeah, pretty much. definitely played all of it, all into yeah. it. Um, okay. Uh, why? Yeah. Same answers, man. What else the fuck are you going to do? And actually he's, he's a Jets fan. Shh, don't let him fool you. He's a Jets fan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I, I shit about the Canucks. Um, second question from Marcus Meyer, 27, or sorry, Marcus underscore Meyer, 27, the worst non Louis contract on the team, and oh, this just, one is really interesting. Just, ha- just a bunch of really positive questions, guys. I, I, I love the can, I love the positivity that we've got going today. We could actually cut out the entire beginning where we recap the game and then move the questions to the front, and people will probably know what happened in the game because the tone of every question is just like. Fuck. <laughs> you, you, I did want to say, like, in terms of, um, like, people always say, like, this whole thing, like, there's always this, I, every time the Canucks are bad, I see the takes in on Twitter, like, oh, the media people, they love it when the Canucks are bad because there's drama and you no, get to talk about it. It's so dumb. Are you nuts? No, we hate it. It's so hard yeah. to tell the same damn story about a team that's bad every yeah. single week. I hate doing it. I'm sick of having to do the, well, let's look at the bright side of things, guys. Yeah. I just want to, I want to cover a good team. I want to write articles and stories about a good hockey team. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I, I do think that a lot of people, I will say this though. I think fans to a degree do want to he- do like, I think there is something that can be said, like views definitely spike when a team is not doing so well. Yeah. And I and that's not necessarily I think because people are coming for the drama. I think that's literally just because people want somebody they, to validate they their concerns. They want answers and they want accountability. They want to know that they're not nuts for thinking something's yes. wrong. Like they yeah. want that validation of, oh, I'm not crazy for thinking this yeah. team's bad or yeah. there's something up. So I'm not crazy for thinking that Tyler Myers is like a garbage player on the worst deal on the team. 
Yes. <laughs> the worst non-Louis, and that brings me right into my pick for worst yeah. worst non-Louis contract. Uh, Which is and, yours. And again, and again, I've 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 actually I've defended the Louis contract plenty <laughs> this year, uh, just because of the whoops, it went extra belly up. Um, I mean, it's obvious to me that it's Tyler Myers. Like, yeah. oh my god, Easily. that's sick. Like it's very e- like uh like especially Brandon, yeah of, like they were bidding against no one. They were the only team in on Tyler Myers, so they were basically just paying him up the ass, even though no yeah. one. Else wanted him on yeah. that kind of term or that kind of dollar like and and yeah like you look at the other option the other potential options here like yeah brandon sutter's making 4.375 per year but it's only a it's only one more year and b he's at least been kind of serviceable we're we're past the point where brandon sutter's deal you can argue is the worst because it's expiring right right like two right. years ago, yes, absolutely, because nobody wanted that contract. Actually, that's not even and true. Tyler Myers wasn't even here yet. So two and he years wasn't ago, even so here that yet, helps. Right? So it's always that like helps. the bar was always Louis Erickson followed by uh, Sutter and then whoever else, right? And right. I have to re- recant my statement I just made about no one wanting Sutter because after what was it, 2015, 16, they said that seven teams or something were in on trying to acquire Stutter in the off season of 2017. And it's like- And even and even oh. now, I think teams are trying to pick him up. Like I think yeah, teams that, are asking that all, about that him. That money is going to be impossible. And be I mean, it doesn't matter too much in the long term because again, the whole point of what the season is all about now, of course, is trying to free up cap space for PD yeah. and uh, Hughes. Yeah. And obviously- Sutter being on an expiring deal means that money's already off. That money's already gone from that yeah. from that equation. So you so that won't help. That doesn't actually neg- make the val- the uh, the space any bigger. Um, and with Jay Beagle and like Antoine Roussel, um, you know they're only on two more. They only have two years left. It's the Ooh. same kind of deal. And even then, like you you those see two are bad for they- different reasons. Like, yeah, those, and those two deals are bad because of process reasons. Like Jay Beagle, right. like you didn't need to sign him because you already had Sutter in the in your system. You didn't need and- Roussel because you had like what was the point of signing Roussel if you're planning on signing Fer- Furland? And the team was it made no sense. And the- and the team was bad at the, bad enough at the time that it was like, why are you wasting? Why are you wasting so much long term cap space? Yeah, exactly. On these guys, when you could be saving that for the next guy, for the for the bigger guys that might come up, yeah. <laughs> Markstrom, or, or uh, saving it entirely and not signing anyone and using that empty cap space to I weaponize know, weaponize yeah. it and acquire better players on better deals or picks to then parlay those into better players on even better deals. like And, and even at the bare minimum, signing guys for much shorter amounts of time. Like, yes. like you could have, like, like if you really wanted Jay Beagle that badly, there I no doubt you could, or Roussel that badly, I don't doubt that you could have had them for two years instead of yeah. the four that it was. Like you could have cut that, you could have cut that deficit down in half yeah, and in not theory. had to worry about it. And then, re- and if say they walk, it's like, well, what are you going to do? I need that yeah. for later. Oh, well. Like, yeah. oh, well. But Myers is the obvious answer because not only is it way too much money, uh, not only is it a boat, was it, it was it was a boat anchor the second they signed it. With JB, with all the other contracts, there was enough, there was, there was reason, reasonable, re, there was a, a re, reason enough to say that there is value and that you could potentially do something with them later if the push came to shove. At the time, yeah. even as bad as they were, there was it wasn't 
un it wasn't a completely unmovable situation uh but even though the Canucks have decided not to try and move them at all but with Myers like the day they signed it you know oh there's no way that's coming up that's you're getting rid yeah, of that there's absolutely that, you just know no that deal's way. not coming off without spending basically like yeah. picks or some prospect or whatever like the only way they're getting out of that is through a trade of even more assets or through a buyout or um yeah i don't know like i was i was yelling for days before the the, the signing happened like oh my god don't do this. This is a huge mistake. Do not do If any Canucks management is listening, do not do this. Don't yeah. make this move. That, and they did was... it. And I was so mad. And like somebody had the, and somebody in the thing was like, it's not, was like yelling at me for calling it a boat anchor on day one. Yeah. I'm like, you watch, you I watch. Mean, man, I hate they, to say it, but you watch. The, it's going to happen. The tough thing about the Myers deal too, is like everyone in like everyone on the planet said, you shouldn't be signing him to a long-term deal at that cap dollar. Uh, you'll be lucky to get one replacement level season. And they got it already. That was last year where he was okay. Now he looks so slow. He looks so beatable if you just charge right at him. Like, it's bad. And there's yep. still uh, <laughs> only three years to go, four years to go. Uh, yep. Great. Uh, that's exactly what they need on their books when they're trying to resign, you know, Quinn Hughes. Yep. And then Patterson. Brilliant. Yep. Um Next question. Let's we're gonna get stuck in the in the spiral, the, the yeah. misery spiral again. So let's avoid it. Here's um, a fun question. Let's here's get a fun, to the fun ones now. Uh, so from Chan underscore Bing, um, <laughs> weird name, very bizarre. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Do you believe in that? your heart that Niels will score a lacrosse goal this season? I think this is part of our one of our bets actually for the season opener or season Dude, predictions. I, I think so. I think you did. I think we did have I think, it in the. I believe I said yes. I'm. I'm after especially after Monday's game where he tried it, lost it. I'm more convinced than ever. Like even though the team's struggling, the guy has the balls to try it. So I am ready and waiting for guy to go for it. One hundred percent. He's absolutely yeah. going to do it. And it's a it's it's a matter of time. And it's a matter of picking the moment, like picking the spot, yes. picking the right time to try it. I refuse um, to believe that this season, like Sidney Crosby is going to end the season with the only Michigan or sorry, lacrosse or Zora, whatever you want to call it. He's going to be the only one with that kind of goal this season. I refuse to believe that he'll be the only one. Someone I mean, else has got to do it. I, I mean, Andre Svechnikov, you know, will try it. He's good for at least yeah. one lacrosse goal a year. For sure. Um, so he'll do it. And I think, I think, I think here's the thing. I think Hoaglander has got to do it sooner rather than later because I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Pedersen tried to beat him to it. Like maybe there's like a little bit of an maybe there's like a little bit of an inside maybe. bit of like, hey, who's gonna get that lacrosse goal first? Although he did say uh, there's no pressure to get it. He's no pressure to get it. I mean, no one is pressuring him to do it. Yeah. It would just be really cool if he did. Like yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed. And, and I could I could see him pulling it on like you know. If you run into like say a team that's uh, not doing so well or like a goaltender that's definitely running cold, you got, you got Ottawa coming up. Maybe they they ran through him the first time. Maybe they Matt get Murray. Uh, Matt Murray. That would be Matt uh, Murray. Yeah. Uh, that would be kind of fun. That would be a little bit funny if he Three. if he scored uh, if he scored that goal against Matt Murray, Mister Mister Lucky himself. Three Michigan uh, that, goals in a single game. <laughs> 
three. Oh, okay. Oh, so now we're going from even just, is he going to get one, two? All right, well, he better get Murray, a damn like, hat trick. It's uh, and I call it the lacrosse goal, for what it's worth. It's the yeah, damn I lacrosse goal. Yeah, okay. that's the correct name. That's the correct name. Don't tell me it's the Michigan. It's not. I, I like Michigan because it sounds like, I don't know, Michigan it sounds is a cool. city name to say. But, like, it is a lacrosse goal. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Time out. Did you just say city city name for Michigan? Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah, the city of Michigan. That's right, yeah, guys. It's the city of Michigan. Cody in, can't in do math state. and he can't right. do geography. Yeah, and he can't do geography either. Yeah, Sorry, I had to. I had to call you out there. That was yeah. Bad. They're right next to Woof. Lake. You know, like that uh, that city next to Lake Detroit. Lake Detroit. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> the big one. The town of Amer- the town of America. That's, yeah, uh, next to America Town. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, last question. Um, hot dog from our other friend, uh, 789012any. He's got two today. He's got, he's got two. two. He's he's uh, leading the way here. Uh, hot dog or Polish sausage at Costco. Um, I wasn't aware there's anything other than hot dogs at Costco because it's the only thing you would ever really want to eat from Costco. Really? So. Okay. Um, and I, I honestly, this will probably segue into just a little bit of another uh, thing I could talk about here. Um, but I easily the hot dog for me. Like you got to go with the hot dog, and uh, particularly because it's like it's like one dollar. It's like such a good deal. Um, it, it's such a good deal. It's a cheap, it's a cheap, great food to get, especially like if you go going to like a Canucks game, like you always see the line, uh, at the downtown Costco for that hot dog. And I will say I'm also impartial to the, uh, to like the berry Sunday they got there, like at Costco, not all the Costco's have them, but it's such a cheap deal for like a big cup of soft serve ice cream with like some like berry, like some like berries whipped on top. Like it's mm-hmm. great. Uh, it's a great combo to get that in the hot dog. And then they've got like the onion bar in it, like the onion and like uh, relish bar and everything. It's great. It's like, it's such a good deal for what it's worth. And honestly, when I saw this question, literally all I could think about is God, how much I miss going to games and how much I miss being at the rink. I cannot stress enough, like during this whole quarantine, especially like recently, how much I miss going to being at the rink, whether that's a Canucks game whether that's driving up to the Langley Event Center to see a Giants to cover a Giants game, uh, did a did one game covering a Giants game at Rogers Arena that was so fun, getting to see all my buddies in like the press box and everything, like Steve Ewan, shout out to Steve from the province, uh, he had his birthday recently, uh, he's like he's such a nice guy to chat. We chatted every day in the press box uh, about just everything going on. Uh, obviously Faber was there a couple times, Stephen Hako. I miss, oh, yeah. like, I miss that, those guys, and I miss, like, hanging out with, like, people at the games and everything and going to that atmosphere, uh, so much. Like, and especially for me, like, it's really, like, it's, it's therapeutic. Like, it's really therapeutic going to those games, and it really was kind of, like, a sense of, like, home and, like, uh, just kind of, like, it's relaxing <laughs> in a weird way for me. Like, it's relaxing to be at a hockey game and... Man, do I not miss it? Like, do I miss it? I miss it so much right now. I don't know about you, but I miss it so much right now. Yes, especially uh, the quarantine, or the COVID quarantine and isolation is uh, driving us insane. But we're getting closer. At least we got podcasts. <laughs> BC got government that. said uh, July for everybody, which is great. That's another yeah, infinity. We that's an, we can that's hand an out infinity blocker we can hand out as we close this one out. Um, Hopefully y'all get your vaccine. We all get our vaccine soon enough. We can start going to see games and actually, you know, interacting with people again. Yeah. Until then though, we appreciate your guys' listenership in this podcast as we carry each other, you know, 
arm in arm, hand in hand through this brutal and unrelenting pandemic. Uh, so if you can follow us on the YouTube channel, uh, make sure to drop comments. We love reading them. We got a great uh, comment in the last <laughs> we got, one. We got a about, whole screen about play. our Disney. Yeah, we got a great screenplay suggestion for the David Ayers movie. Big shout out to that guy. So yeah, we read all your comments. We love them. Yep. Um, rate and subscribe to us on your favorite uh, podcast streaming service and make sure to recommend us to your Canuck friends who need a little something to listen to during these trying times. And if you like what you heard you like our voices, probably not mine, but Lachlan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I would argue it's the opposite. I think, I, I think, I think we all know that when I do the solo episodes, <laughs> that's when, uh, that's when the viewers suddenly take a little bit of a vacation. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Um, I have a great voice. Um, so yeah, if you um, if you want to check out our other content on Patreon, we uh, have dollar and five dollar tiers uh, where uh, Lachlan posts uh, exclusive content uh, and bonus podcasts, which we'll be working on in the uh, future. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for uh, listening, guys. We really appreciate it. We know times are tough in Canucks land. Uh, teams playing like dog shit, but your local podcasts aren't. And uh, we appreciate you. And uh, we'll catch you on our next episode, which we'll be recording Friday after their game against Toronto or Montreal or whoever the fuck it is. Toronto. Matter. It should be a good one. Hopefully we get uh, Bubble Demko back and uh, we can see the Canucks maybe try and go for that Michigan goal. The Lake Michigan goal. Uh <laughs> Till then, guys, uh, we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Bye.